0: I'm Mel Stewart and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is a very, very special guest. A man who is going to help us cover a topic that I am deeply, deeply vulnerable when it comes to. Um, And it's, it's the guy, this is the person I lean into for all of my basic understanding and deep knowledge on this topic. We're talking about dry land training and today we have the founder and CEO of Ritter Sports Performance, Chris Ritter.
1: It is ironic that that's how you start this, because the room that I developed a lot of these principles in working with swimmers has your name on it, the Mel Stewart Strength Room at Latin. So I think that's really funny.
0: <laughs> it's, we, we, we should say this. We, we do have a lot of, we, we have our, the, our, our soul is in the soil there in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, a lot of great things came from that area, and, uh, and, and I'm not surprised. But I, I started this out and, and, I, and I've been asking you to come on because this is when, when, you're, when you're insecure about a topic and uh, you, you need to lean into that topic. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll, put a, a, I'll, I'll give you some context on it. Uh, I'm old. Uh, yes, I have two Olympic medals, three Olympic medals, two gold medals. And my, but in swimming, over the years, swimming has changed so dramatically by several factors. But when it comes to dry land, I would say that, it's, that it's, a, it's a multiple beyond that. And so what I was doing in my day is, is nothing compared to what's happening now. So I lean on Chris. Uh, we, you need, we need experts, especially at SwimSwam, so to, to understand this. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing this. Much appreciated.
1: Yeah, and at this point in time, I think it's even more critical than not. I know a lot of teams are back in the water, but if you're not, I mean, what else are you going to be doing at this point to, to get better?
0: when everything went, when everything, when the pandemic hit and our our world started, it it felt like it was closing and it really felt like a dark hour. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I was, I was calling people, talking to people, leaning into, to, to to all the people that are, that really make up the swimming family. And, and when I got on the phone with you um, my heart was in my stomach and suddenly I felt excited because, uh, (laughs) it was, you were like, you know what, this is a, this is an opportunity. And um, this is, there's really two parts to this conversation. But that first conversation was, was, was about, hey, this is an opportunity in dry land, and there's going to be some big gains. Um, What what, was going through your mind in March?
1: Yeah, I almost thought now we're really going to see how well coaches are managing their dryland and their knowledge of that because everybody was out of the pool, right? At some point, pretty much 99.9% of swimmers are out. And we started a free webinar series weekly. I think it was the first week of April we did it. And I always had this first slide we started with, and it said, how are you going to view this time as an opportunity? Or are you just going to sit there and pout that you're not in the water? And now, Mel, I mean, we're, we're five plus months away from that point and I look back on that, I, I could have taken almost anyone and gotten them to be able to do a pull up, gotten their shoulder mobility so much better in the last five months. And, you know, what they say about planting a tree, the, the best time was 20 years ago, the next best time is today. It's the same thing with dry land. So if whether you did a lot of things or not over the past five months, I think it's clear that we're seeing all these lifetime best times from a lot of swimmers and these, you know, little meets they're going. And I have to say a lot of it is from, I'm sure they were doing great dry land when they're out of the water. You got to do something.
0: You're moving too fast because we had several conversations (laughs) and I do, I we got to say this at swim swam, It it was, it was depressing. And, uh, and, but at the same time we had, we have we have like Olympic level traffic, World Championship level traffic, NC2A traffic, and then a baseline. That's just when people are coming to you all all during the year, and it was World Championship level traffic. And I knew that it was because athletes were stuck at home with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. They were coming to us, and it was uh, so it was just this weird thing where our audience was massive, and but at the same time depressing. And then as 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 teams started to return to some semblance of, of training, uh, and we started seeing some 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 time trials, some intramural meets and personal best time, nag records, I'm I couldn't get my head around it. So I called you and I'm like, What what's going on here? What's happening? What was your response to me? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, what did you think? <laughs> we're going to see. And the, the longer
1: this comes of this dancing game of who has water time, who doesn't, I feel like it, it becomes more magnified if you have your stuff around dry land and you're having your athletes doing what they can out of the water. And again, that could be as simple as some shoulder mobility exercises just so your shoulders moving better. So when you get into the water at full training, you know, volume, whatever that is, you're good to go. Nothing has to hold you back.
0: For me, we we, we need to. Uh, I know you well, buddy. But I, I want the audience to understand who you are. Ritter Sports Performance is RitterSportsSP.com, and it is a deep well, a big tent pole of of media and opportunity for 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 coaches. And I, I feel like a lot of summer coaches. Uh, I feel like a lot of folks probably feel the way I do. You know, they they have, in they feel they feel great about their knowledge. But Dryland is a place where they can always improve and it's always evolving. You go to Rittersp.com and it, it it houses it houses the hive, it houses uh swim coaches based basic podcasts, and it also houses the uh really the most interesting thing of all to me is the surge strength and dry land certification. Because it's uh it's step by step, it gives you everything you need and it, it's uh and also your branding's pretty awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's Especially just on the new side. Pres- pres-
0: <laughs> no, no I, 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 we, we, you know, we're going to get into this, and I, and I, and I apologize for, for taking a tangent, but but Chris runs a great business, and uh, and I respect that, and I cannot say that about people in swim swim. There are a lot of businesses in swimming, and they're just not. Um, they're not sophisticated. They're they're not growing. They're not evolving. And they they sort of lean into a a similar mode that becomes calcified, and that is not the case with you. You are always evolving, always getting better. And I just I just you know I was I was doing a little bit of research because you know I'm like I've never been to the LinkedIn page. I went to your LinkedIn page. You have twenty five thousand plus followers, and I suddenly felt very insecure. (laughs) I only got seven thousand, and everybody's asking me, hey, can we connect? Can we follow? It happens all the time. So it's your this is a You've you, you, you come to the market with with a well-established name, but for coaches out there who don't know you or aren't familiar with your platform, how do they dive in and, and take the first step?
1: Yeah, I guess I wanna start back at where we started, and we're almost going on a decade now with Ritter. It started in you know 2011, that's crazy to think about. Um, so I guess we're doing something right if we're still around and evolving with the times and pandemics or not. But I started honestly with dryland training and it was a bunch of master swimmers I got connected to that a lot of them were traveling and they wanted to go beat their buddy as they get up onto the block. And I appreciate working with the master swimmers because they were so competitive about like those world records, national championships, mm-hmm. you know, bragging rights at, when they're going out with their buddies after. And we developed a system back, you know, when apps were still a new thing, when the iPhone had just come out a few years prior to that, we figured out a way to do online training that worked and it wasn't just some gimmick, it wasn't just generic workouts. And we did that for a number of years and then I kind of stumbled on with Swim Coaches, their education and the source that they can get continuing education, I just felt was really lacking. Um, And so we started the Swim Coaches based podcast and then that evolved into the hive. And so now Swim Coaches, now with the mentorship that Paul Yetter's been hosting for over a year now, um, that was huge for a lot of coaches during the pandemic. They didn't know what to do, they had questions. Paul's meeting with them once a week on Zoom calls. They're all exchanging ideas. And that's with coaches all over the world that we're able to communicate. So um, when the pandemic hit, though, I'd had the idea for the newest thing we were doing, the surge strength dryland certification for a while. But honestly, I didn't want to do it, Mel. <laughs> I'd, I'd had this idea for years. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And when I saw the shutdown happen and I saw the reaction to coaches and swimmers, and it just seemed like everybody's like this. What, okay, what do we do now? Okay, so we're on Zoom calls. What, how can I get my kids better? And I didn't want to do a certification just so you could have some more initials behind your name or for you to, you know, just pay us more money for something. I felt I want to create something that is going to give you step-by-step instructions and practical, practical and simple about this is the thing you should be doing. This is the steps that you follow. Don't worry about this. Go down this track if you want to help swimmers specifically with their dryland training.
0: in in terms of uh, the time that we have and everyone diving into education, it seems like a lot of people during this period of time um, they're, they're, they're going through pandemic fatigue where they're, they're, they're working four times as hard because they're trying to get back to some normalcy. And, but I do find that everybody has done at least one thing unique. Mm. They focused in one area. They've tried to accomplish one thing in swim. Clearly it's been dry land and for coaches uh, I, I hope that they're seeing this trend. I hope that they're taking advantage of this trend and you're spoon feeding them with this platform. Uh, I, I lo- like the 101 courses. Um, you, when you, you throw a 101 course in front of me and I'm like, okay, I can handle this.
1: <laughs> and that's the so, thing, so what- though.
0: That's the thing I think is so
1: frustrating for so many coaches, right? Is they know swimming so well and then. If they go on YouTube, they're trying to search for some exercise. Now there's thousands of options. And it's just an overwhelming feeling of, okay, well, what do I do? And not saying even half those exercises are a bad idea, but knowing how to structure it and what to focus on. And so that's why every time we're, we're developing stuff with the certification or the dryland 101s, I always go back to how simple can we make this but still be effective? Because I think that's what a lot of coaches need with when it comes to dryland. Well, that-
0: what I find is interesting is that you were resistant to doing this, but you knew that this was the moment and it had you had to launch yeah and it's uh it's 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 sort of a rebrand and it's a, a um I, I like that you're leaning into it I actually when you told me about it i was I, I told you that I was jealous because I thought it was so smart and and so timely right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: um in in terms of in terms of something that my surprise coaches. If, if they dive into the cosmos of, of, of Ritter, and they, they get into your website and they get into search strength dryland curriculum what's you know what's something that would surprise them
1: so no i and this honestly i'll say some of these things were even surprising to me because it wasn't just a copy paste of old webinars or old things that we did i challenged myself to say deep can i go and how expansive can i make this so honestly i even had a few boom light bulb ideas where things were connecting and one of the arguments I always had heard or just stances that coaches would take is, all right, dryland is just for the sprinters, right? The distance kids, they don't need that. They just need more volume. And whether you're high volume or not, that, that was always the case, right? Is sprinters got more of dryland. And as I was diving to, we have one module, it's uh, principles of strength and conditioning. So basically, I do my best to give you uh, a bachelor's science of education, exercise science in a couple hours, and I boil it down. And as I was diving into it, when you do strength training, there are changes in the muscle fibers that specifically the type 2X fibers, they change to type 2As. Now that probably means nothing to you at this point, but if you go into a textbook and you see what changes and adaptations happen when those fibers change from 2X to 2A because of strength training, more mitochondria in the muscle, improved aerobic capacity and endurance, and this is through strength training. So if, if this is the holy grail, right, of, of VO2 max aerobic, For any sprint, right? Even the 50, they need some of that. Almost the distance swimmers should be doing more strength training at this point then. And that was just a big light bulb moment of here's something very practical now. I can point to coaches that resist dry land because they feel they're going to get more value out of swimming. And I'm not saying by any means, just give me a gym and I'll give you an Olympic swimmer. Like you have to do it in the pool. But this just makes sense. Doing strength training improves your aerobic capacity, improves mitochondria density in the muscle fibers and your overall endurance. Who doesn't want that?
0: Everybody wants it. it you know, we just did a podcast with Caleb Dressel. And what was interesting was how much of a nerd he is. This guy, and, and, and it's, we, we did the podcast with him and then he, he, and he was so detailed we ended the podcast and I, it almost made me bitter because he walked over to his desk and he pulls out the, the you know, just uh, tablet after tablet, after tablet of just notes that he had made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we see coaches, we see athletes and when they perform, they dive into the details. They, they live in that space. Um, but I think it's fair to say that when it comes to dry land, people are not, they're not present they're sort of doing a routine, they're doing something that is, um, they know it's making them stronger. And we've been doing this for decades. But it's, uh, let's just say the the science isn't there. And we have it in swim, but it's it's not in this area. Well, I so think belly will even if too, up,
1: with, with the swimming mindset, if they take the swimming mindset of what good training looks like, in the water. And let's be honest, right? The check, you know, rainbows and, and those type of things, you know, what color is the athlete when they're on the wall in a rest? When you take that into dry land, that's probably the worst thing you can do. And so it's actually an opposite mindset you need to have in dry land. One of the things we talk about in the certification is clean training in dry land. Because if you're not doing clean training in dry land, you're just having more byproducts produced and no real results. And that actually gunks up when the swimmer goes into the water and they're not able to do this test set, they're not able to perform at the meet. And so now you're actually making it worse by what you're doing on dry land. So I think it's that understanding too, that you need a, a different mindset on dry land, but because of that, they're going to be better in the water through that.
0: I find a funny thing with experts and it's uh, and everybody does it. And it's not something that we always put up for public consumption, but um, when so- someone is really they have high level knowledge, masterclass, uh, teaching abilities. They watch athletes or anyone in any, any particular area of life. They watch and in their brain within a blink, like the Malcolm Gladwell book called Blink, you should read it. Um, you're making calculations and you're going, this athlete is here or this person mm-hmm. is here, but they can go here and they haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? Do you do that all the time? When you see athletes training when you see them competing because you were a swim coach too it's so, you know does does that happen in your brain
1: oh yeah, I mean <laughs> and it 's almost to the point of when especially like in the assessment process, the first session or two'm i 'm with an athlete, and again, this is remote or in person. I can do this just doing it long enough is I know approximately how long it's going to take to get the athlete from let's say zero to one pull ups or we need to improve their core strength, you know, in this area, because they, they didn't do so well in the core test that we give them. And I almost find that it's really more of them trusting me and understanding that I have the plan, because I, I already could tell you, I could write it down on a pad of paper and put it away in a drawer and say, it's going to take us five weeks to get here. And then by week three or four, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm almost here. And it's, it, so it's more that process of the trust and them just seeing that, oh, what we're doing is translating. Because I don't want to make anybody Olympic weightlifter. That's not my thing. I want faster swimming. And that's what everybody is afraid of. They don't want to just get big and bulky. They want to see the improvement. I think that's where the trust factor comes in and knowing, okay, I see where this is leading me. And sometimes it's different than what they picture, right? And that's why I talk about, the opposite mindset you need sometimes for better dryland training. You can't just take the swim mindset and put it on land and think it's going to work.
0: Didn't. Share with us a little bit about your background and- terms of just because you have you've worked with elites you know you 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 got into a little bit saying you know I was working with master swimmers and master swimmers are fantastic
1: they, As, they are my uh, heroes
0: <laughs> master swimmers the master swimmers are, are, are <clears throat> we should say this if, if if swim swim reports on master swimming if we report national uh results net u.s Nationals results for masters mm-hmm. it, it it does okay traffic but if we provide education the the, the the audience loads on that masters community loads on at a much much higher level. They are always about education, efficiency, time management, mm-hmm. you know, getting better, doing exactly what they need to do. So that's cool. But you, so I, I appreciate where you where your where your your head is. But you have experience with elites as well, and uh, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so that was,
1: so first, the first couple swimming jobs I had was when I was still in college. I took whatever summer league job I could find, high school, club, and really through there, I would learn something in class that day, like new dynamic exercises would come out and all right, my high schoolers are doing that on deck. They're like, all right, what did Chris learn today that we're going to be the guinea pigs for? And it was from there that I was able to start to figure some stuff out and then through some connections, was able to be in Charlotte when David first started the first version of Team Elite uh, and be able to do the strength training for that group of swimmers, leading them into Beijing and the two uh, U.S. athletes there, Cullen on that most famous relay there, and then Mark Gangloff. And that was that was like warp speed, I feel like. I got a master's degree in applied dry land there. Because especially like Mark, I have no, I've no doubt he's going to be an amazing coach because even as an athlete, he was pushing me to figure out what's the best way we need to do this type of training, right? Because he'd had success. They'd had Auburn, you know, PK there, great strength program. And so he knew what he needed to perform at a level. And he challenged me on a regular basis. Okay. Is this the best we can do? Is this the best way to approach it? And Colin, the same thing. We had certain issues we had to work around to make sure, like, again, it has to be results in the water. It doesn't matter if we're just sweating a lot and getting tired. Um, and so I feel like that experience was just uh, uh, a hyper speed in terms of develop, developing the principles that work for swimmers, but using principles from strength and conditioning and how do we apply it specifically to
0: swimming? Chris, when with, when with the first name, David, it's David Marsh, yeah. team lead, just, just, just so David Marsh, David Marsh. And so, and, and I know you through David because David coached me and, uh, in six weeks, changed my stroke. Um, <laughs> And I, I which went, you were
1: happy to do at the start.
0: <laughs> and I, and I, hated, I I did. I hated him for it. You know. Here's the thing. When you, the interesting thing about working with elites is this. I feel like there's you know there's all sorts of different gears that you have working with elites. But when you do one of those could be resistance. And yeah. um, and he did get inside my head. And I and I I had to trust him quickly because the window was short. Mm-hmm. And I did. And then once you're in. You're, you're all over them, and it is a high level. It is like quantum entanglement, and elites drive you so fast. So you, you, you're a young man, and you touch down in the middle of this atmosphere, and suddenly you're working with, with, with the, the best athletes on earth and with, with one of the most innovative coaches uh, in, in swimming history. He's, he's got a lot of haters out there, but, man, the people, people who know the Marsh Magic – Know the Mars Magic. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be an Olympic champion if I had not. If, if I hadn't met that guy. So mm-hmm. it's. So you, you touch down and suddenly you're in this atmosphere, dealing. You know, you're working with elites and you're 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 making quick gains. Uh, how how did that influence lead you to launching your business?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I after Beijing. Team Elite, there were a lot less people, and you know this, you know, the year after the Olympics, people are going on their victory tours and, and soaking up all they can from their Olympic success, which is awesome. So honestly, there wasn't a lot. And so I switched focus to helping the club. And at the time, MAC was almost 800 kids, different sites. And so I was going around to different locations all while the time I'm, I'm running a senior group. And I basically developed the dryland curriculum for the whole club to use. And so this isn't the first time i guess i've made a certification so to speak it was just you know back then it was all right a little bit more jumbled youtube videos and some more pdfs that we were emailing around and so now i feel like with the technology we've been able to put it now in the palm of your hand and at 20 plus hours you know you're going to have so much knowledge of the dryland but um i thought that was really helpful to go see the different all right this this program, they only have these, this equipment and this space. And then this one has all this space and this has the gym. So the variety that club coaches have to deal with, I think I can appreciate really well. I remember having to run an elite uh, uh, workout in the parking lot because of just the circumstances. And so being able to be adaptable, but still understand what is going to make us better on land, actually in the water translate.
0: What, what I find fascinating about you, knowing you for so long and seeing your success, is that it feels like every moment, especially when people who evolve and improve, every moment comes to where you're standing right now. And uh, everything that you've done seems like it it, it doesn't seem like it, it is. Your, your search surge strength and dry land certification is the crystallization of it all. And it's uh, you know, why you know, why do I need to why do I need to have a certification? I understand it, I get it, because I'm I always want to improve. And I like experts and I like education, but I, I'm, I'm a coach out there. I got a team, of 150 swimmers. And you know, why, why do I need to get certified?
1: I think one of the things that's unique about me is having been in the strength and conditioning world for so long as a personal trainer, collegiate strength coach, I saw the professionalization in a different field than swimming. And I feel like swimming is still behind in that sense of there are some amazing world-class swim coaches out there. Right. But I mean, we have a few organizations that recognize them, there, but there isn't even a real structured learning of what to go through. And I think that's the first thing we wanted to help with is, yes, again, you can go to YouTube videos, you can listen to the Search Strength Podcast, you can listen to all these things, but you have to be responsible to piece it all together and see how it fits. Whereas, all right, I'm going to go through this 20-hour course here, and if I don't want to bite off that much, I can just sign up for free for the Dryland 101s. And then also too, By becoming certified, one of the things I saw in the first few weeks of the shutdown was honestly people were really worried about the liability aspect of it. And we've basically built the certification so that now, if this is the only certification you have, doesn't matter if you have a degree or not, this is the only certification you get is the Surge Strength Drown Certification. We're gonna connect you with insurance companies that you can get professional liability insurance, the same that I got to cover me for over a decade when I was a strength coach, personal trainer. And you saw some of the LSCs take out big chunks of change to make sure their coaches were covered. And I feel like this is even going to be a more economical value to both make sure everyone's protected, but then also teach them the right stuff. So you don't even have to worry about that.
0: If, if I'm, if I'm one of these coaches and, I, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm listening to this now, it's like, where, where, where should they start? Should they start with the surge strength program or should they get the surge strength dry land credentials? What's, what, what's the entry point? So we built
1: a whole new website for this surge-strength.com. And from there, you can connect to the podcast that we run on a weekly basis, Surge Strength. And then our Instagram, we're really active on that. And then also the first step, if you actually want to see some of the content is you can enroll for free in the Surge Strength Academy. And that's where the dryland 101 courses are. And those are pulled directly from the certification. So you can try it before you buy it, so to speak. And right now, There's one-on-one classes on core training, how to write dryland workouts, the best upper and lower body exercises. And so you can take those for free right now, just enroll in the academy. And then if you wanna take that next step, then you enroll in the certification. And um, we built it so that coaches can snack on it, if you will. So every video lesson is about five to 15 minutes. I don't want it to be overwhelming at all. And on the other end, there's tons of examples. There's a whole season plan template a college coach, a high school coach, age group coach, how do you do dry It's already given to you in examples. So it's not just the information, but also here's templates that you can actually take and use. And I think it's going to be really valuable.
0: Coaches out there are, uh, I've had all sorts of different reactions from coaches because if if there's anything that's happened during this time, it's, it's not just me calling you and me calling David Marsh it's. Uh, I've talked to coaches f- with small teams, with huge teams, and um, they're they're the emotional range is everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know if if somebody's resistant to to taking this opportunity to to do this, it's like what would you say to them about taking the plunge? It's like if they're if they're on the fence, you know what what's your message to them?
1: I think that I've and I've had the opportunity to work with a ton of great coaches, even just interview world-class coaches. And if there's a common thread between all of them, they're always trying to learn. They're always questioning. They're always trying to get better. And so if you're doing that in the pool, why wouldn't you do it on land? (laughs) The first question. And and if you are doing it on land, wouldn't you want some of the best examples some of the easiest things to go through and say okay you know like there's a ratio check that we give you when you're writing every single workout we have a little checklist that just makes sure are you covering x y and z and if you're not you need to change that real fast because just those three things can drastically change the effectiveness of your dryland program so having something as simple as that i don't know any coach that is invested in getting their swimmers better and improving their knowledge that wouldn't want to do that and especially again, half of the stuff that I listed off is for free. Just go into the one hundred ones, and and we give a lot of it away for free there.
0: You know what's interesting? Do you have swim parents that do this?
1: Oh yeah, and 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 going back to the master swimmers too, Mel. Like, talk of one of the reasons I love them is they're self coached so often, and so they. When I put the certification, I felt like there's two camps majorly. I'm talking to swim coaches and self coached master swimmers, even parents that they know swimming but they don't know strength and conditioning. So I need to talk to them. But then the other end of it too, is if you're a personal trainer, if you're a physical therapist, if you're a strength and conditioning coach, you need CEUs every year. And you'll get your CEUs by taking this certification, but you're gonna learn about swimming as you go through it. And so they may not pick up a lot of the periodization stuff because they're probably already at that level, but the swim coaches are gonna learn periodization. And just the same way the swim coaches aren't gonna learn anything new about swimming that I talk about. But if you have a physical therapist, and you're a coach and you're referring your kids out, have them take it because they're gonna understand more. Oh, okay, I see a little bit more of this world, and they're probably gonna have better results as well.
0: So often we do, I mean, my entire life, my my strength training coach was, was never someone with a swimming background. They weren't, They yeah. just didn't have it. So to 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 really take their knowledge base, if you're a physical therapist or if you're a strength training coach and suddenly you've got this responsibility and you're, you're motivated. It's like to get swimified, to put it through the through, it through the proper lens, the surge, strength dryline, certification seems like the go-to that, that, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the funny thing about this is that it, it, I did not have that moment, that aha moment until, until we were talking when swimmers started returning to the pool and started having personal best times and breaking nag records and we we're reporting people who are getting their junior cuts and you're like, no, it doesn't surprise me. The funny thing is, uh, I knew this already. We see this in, in this one band of, of swimming. We see kids go from clubs to college, and suddenly they make this huge gain. And when you point back to what happened to you in college, suddenly you're in an academic setting mm-hmm. where you're getting strength training, but it's not people who have a swim background. But you're getting mm-hmm. swim training for predominantly for most of the market. And that, that dry land training is, is the defining thing that, that, that makes you faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah. So I, I, it's like, I'm like, yeah, the, right. The other moment was with our friend, David Marsh, his daughter was 13 years old. She went one or 300 meter butterfly. Yeah. And I, I call up our buddy coach Marsh, the magic man. I'm like, buddy, is, is she going to go to the Olympics? And he's like, no, Mel, that's not, she likes to be on a team. She's, She's, you know, this is, that's not, that's not what she's thinking about. She's, she likes going fast. She only swims three days a week. Yeah. I'm like, what?
1: I remember going to the gymnastics classes. She went with him because that's the kind of stuff we would put into the dry land because he would see that, you know, he was one of the early coaches about understanding if you make better athletes, they end up being better swimmers. And so, yeah, I, I I wasn't surprised either. Seeing her accomplishments, you know, collegiately and knowing I mean, I was on deck and knew how often she swam and when she even started to swim at any regular basis. And it points back to, if you can get swimmers a strong core, moving well, and just general strength overall, of course they're going to do well, you know? And I'll even take it one step further of like, in any other sport, if you see an athlete get injured seriously and they're out for six, nine, 12 months, and if they take that time seriously, a lot of it is basically them getting their body in the best shape ever in terms of strength and conditioning mobility and then when they come back everybody's like well you know how's this happening like clay thompson for example tore his acl he's going to come back i would not be surprised if he has the season of his life because he's basically had a year off to just do strength and conditioning so again we go back to the past five months have you used that to get yourself better or just sit around waiting for when your pool is going to open
0: the funny thing is that we always talk about the 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 fifth stroke underwater yeah. kick and a fly, it transforms swimming. Um, and then we have all these examples of people who have broken an arm or blown out a shoulder and then they they kick for an entire season and then they end up doing best times. Mm-hmm. It, in kicking, if you don't understand that, that your kick is driven by all that athletic engine of your core strength, mm-hmm. then you you <laughs> – you need to be enlightened. <laughs> right, here's the thing, I, I, don't, I have a feeling that I would never want to participate in any sort of core training that, that you're ever seeing. I've been feeling no, but that's, be no, tough.
1: I'll stop you there. I know you're halfway joking, but the other thing is, we teach you how to scale it to where you're at. And so we've had success training master swimmers in their 80s remotely, who have never done strength training before. I've never met them. We have programs that we can do online with them and we have them right now that are having success. And the same way we have kids 12, 13, 14, 15 that, again, never met having great success. So that's the other thing. It's not all or nothing. It's learning how to scale whatever you're doing and figuring out the intensity, the technique, and all that stuff.
0: We're down to five minutes. <laughs> and, and, and this is this, I have to do, I have to be a bit of a nerd. So uh, p- people who, who launch companies have a great, they have great pride in their expertise and their success, which you have, you know, what is the impact that you want to have on the sport? Cause you're, you know, you're a decade in and uh, now you're certifying, which is high level education. What is, what, what is your hope in terms of transforming uh, Team USA? Cause it all flows in from, from the base.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to when I was still at Mac. I remember you go around and you can look at other team sites and the bios of the coaches there. And at that point, I'm one of maybe a handful of any that either have a certification in dryland or even a dryland coach. And now you see, and I'm happy for this, how many teams actually have just specifically dryland coaches and actually on staff. And the other thing I think about is during that time, I was able to work with a, a small group of senior athletes and they were not having the best season. They were seniors, juniors who were trying to have them have some good times for college. And all we did was strength training with them, with me, small group, 5.15 a.m. in the room named after you, three days a week. And we did this for six weeks, that's all. Lifetime best times from the 50, 100, 200, 500 out of that group. And it changed the trajectory that they were able to do into college. And I feel like if we can just bottle up some of that and give some of that knowledge, then, you know, we're going to make a lot of change there.
0: You don't have to answer this question. Some people don't like, don't like these questions, but it's, it's how much, how much, how much is U S based and how much is international people, people flowing onto your platform.
1: So when we did the first beta launch a few weeks ago for the certification, we have about a hundred coaches right now going through the certification. And the last time I checked, it was 17 different countries were represented out of that. I feel like that's pretty impressive. (laughs) We've been working with a team out of Singapore for a year and a half now. um, And they're having amazing results. So yeah, I think that's the other thing too, is sometimes the, the more, uh, non-domestic coaches they're more eager for this kind of knowledge because they don't have anything
0: that's my point that was my point it it seems like we've uh we were innovators for a very long time and it seems like we go through periods where people don't innovate and uh it's it's typically because there's a lot of leadership that doesn't value the innovation and they need to dive deep on this and and get into it we haven't had a tool that you know a course and uh, a certification that could be like, okay, we can measure where you're at and your knowledge base is that you can apply it to your teams and they have it now.
1: Yeah. No. So, so go to surge-strength.com and Mel, I wanted to do something special for your audience too. So they get they get $50 off if they enroll in the, the Surge Strength Drown certification and just use the code SwimSwam. So again, if you want to just do the Dryland 101 courses, check out the academy there. It's all at surge-strength.com. Or you want fifty dollars off the certification? Use uh, the coupon code SWIMSWAM.
0: Always SWIMSWAM. We're down to under a minute. So if I do this course, I mean, how ripped would I get? It
1: depends what you actually do, Mel. There's a difference between learning and absorbing <laughs> versus you actually putting it.
0: <laughs> you're telling me you telling me that I'm that I'm not going to get ripped. I'm 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 old. I'm getting soft around the middle. I just want to know: Will I get the eight pack back?
1: Yes, Mel. And and we might even be able to sneak out a new lifetime best from you too
0: that's what i've <laughs> seen I it for master
1: swimmers <laughs> when we have
0: specific questions about dryer land we'll come back to you buddy but i really appreciate you coming on and will you come back yeah absolutely yeah, okay. we, we, we're gonna make that happen and then and then yeah. the
1: next time we come back we'll ask the same question if you use this moment to actually start getting better on dry land or if you're still waiting around by the next time we do this podcast
0: i don't like you anymore <laughs> that makes you mad. thank you so much Chris Ritter, Chris Ritter Sports Performance. Go there, check it out, RitterSP.com. You've been listening to the Swim Swam Podcast. Stay tuned for new
1: episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.